My name is Preston Grace, and I'd like to welcome you to the No Walls Podcast. Hello, and welcome again to the No Walls Podcast. Uh, I'm here again with our student pastor here at The Brick, Taylor Otterbein. What's up, dude? How are you doing today? I am great. Excited to be on the podcast. Uh, This is quickly becoming like my favorite thing of the week. So uh, really thankful that people are listening because it gives us an excuse to do it. Um, But uh, this is like maybe the most life-giving thing I do all week. So I'm here for it. Yeah, bro. I've been having a super fun time with it. Um, Just sitting here getting to talk through ideas is helping me to kind of like trim off the fat of, you know, different kind of ideas and stuff that we have. So yeah, I've really been enjoying it. And I really appreciate everyone out there that's been listening to the podcast. So thank you guys for doing that. Uh, Today, uh, we're going to talk about, I just recently watched the movie Encanto. And it is an amazing movie. Um, if you haven't watched it, you might want to go watch it before you listen to this podcast, but definitely come back and listen to the podcast. And one of the main themes in it is that you aren't your gift, right? Like, uh, and that's one thing at the church that's been a big deal is this is a place where people love you for who you are, not what you can bring to the table. Yeah. So spoiler alert, (laughs) we're probably going to ruin the movie for you. So like, like legit, if you haven't seen it yet, go watch it. Uh, the movie in my opinion does this incredible job of walking you through what I think is a fair representation of honestly a lot of homes and not just homes like at times as a as a person who's in the church serves in the church leads in the church like I think even at times it can be a little in like a bit of an indictment on the the church as well like this idea that people are the things that they can do for you <clears throat> so in this whole movie, you have this girl, Maribel, who's trying to navigate life when everyone in, their, in her life and in her family <clears throat> are gifted. <clears throat> and when I say gifted, they've got like superpowers, basically. <clears throat> and then here comes Maribel, who is just <clears throat> Maribel. <clears throat> she can't do anything unique or super special. And so she lives in this world where an entire community is constantly celebrating her siblings. And then she's having to constantly celebrate her siblings. And then her family is constantly celebrating her siblings and she just kind of exists she didn't get a gift she didn't get a talent and uh i think unfortunately for a lot of us i think we believe that's true and for many of us we believe that's true because we've been told that or at the very least we've been shown that or treated that way that if we can't carry the whole world then we're just not good enough (laughs) there's a song from one of the sisters in the movie and basically the whole idea is pressure that if she can't carry it all then she's not good enough and uh man there's just almost nothing in my opinion more suffocating than thinking every relationship in your life is transactional if and for both ways like if everyone you know love and care about you only love know and care about because of what they can do for you you don't really have relationships and vice versa. If everyone you know, love or care about only feels that way about you because you can do everything for them or carry everything for them, it's not healthy. Like it's just not the way it's designed to be. And in this movie, you get this beautiful picture of a journey this girl Maribel goes through as she's navigating. What do I do with that? Who am I? Am I my gift or am I not my gift? And uh, you're not your gift. You're you. 
you have a gift. I believe with like all of my heart and I say it with my full chest that you are amazing and I believe you're gifted. I think you have a heartbeat in your chest because there is something on this world that you are supposed to do. As a person of faith, I think God has this beautiful journey and plan for your life that if you trust him long enough and you put your life in his hands, you're about to watch the craziest adventure ever. Like it is going to be a journey unlike any other, but you are valuable because you're valuable, because you matter and you're incredible, not because you can sing or because you can dance or because you're great at math or you can manage money well or any other trade that you think would make you great. It isn't the thing you do that makes you great. You are great because you're human. And as a person of faith, I think God has given you intrinsic value, made you in his image. So if you haven't had anyone say to you this week that you matter, please hear from us. You matter. You are special and you are incredible. And uh, the world is better because you exist. Yeah, uh, I think that's really good. Um, The whole concept of you not being your gift is really important. And I think it's something that uh, like this church does really well at the break does really well because um, coming here and playing drums here. And it was very evident off the bat that I'm not just a drummer, right? If, if tomorrow like had an accident and I like broke my arms, like, you know, whatever, if something happened where I couldn't play drums anymore, um, you guys would still invest in me. And like, there's still a spot for me here and it wouldn't feel like, I lost all my value to the church from not being able to play drums anymore. And, uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's a really cool lesson to pull from it. Another thing that I thought was interesting is like, so there's this character and his name's Bruno and, uh, his gift in the movie is that he can pretty much like see prophecy so he can see the future. And, uh, unless I'm like misunderstanding the way everything was, uh, in the movie, it seemed like, they were just shooting the messenger the whole time because they end up not liking him. They end up like kind of casting him out because he would give them these prophecies of bad things that were going to happen. And instead of them taking the prophecy and doing something with it, they just blamed the bad thing on Bruno. And Bruno wasn't making the bad thing happen. He was just letting them know that it was going to happen. Yeah, I think it's interesting because uh, humanity has this like uh, track record from any history book I've ever read, when we don't understand things, we just come after it. (laughs) Like we don't do a very good job, in my opinion, of asking how do we leverage a gift or how do we leverage something we don't understand? How do we learn more about it? So in the movie, you have this guy, Bruno, who it seems like every time he sees the future, it's creating chaos. And in one side of the coin, that might be true. But the family has an, a response to the gift. Like, I don't know, maybe plant. <laughs> like if, if you know something's coming, you you could be planning accordingly to it. Like maybe that's a, a, a like a, an insight to something that's going to come. Or maybe just ask more questions about it. Because also what you see throughout the movie is like <clears throat> at the very end, he kind of gives you insight of like, oh, wait, this is what was actually happening. Because <laughs> they're not asking questions. They don't understand Bruno. So instead of trying to figure out Bruno and how to best leverage his gift or his contribution, well, his contribution on its face doesn't seem like it's all that fun or that it makes a lot of sense. So instead of trying to figure it out, they just push it out. <laughs> and I think in life, we do that all the time. Like our culture does it all the time. Like if we don't understand somebody, we don't get to know them. <laughs> we just unilaterally decide you don't fit in our life. 
Like if in the first conversation, I can't figure out how, again, I can benefit from you, then you really just don't belong. <clears throat> and people are too complex to be put into a box. Like one of the reasons you can't make a person their gift is because a person's gift doesn't fully encompass who they are. It's a thing they can do. It might be something we're made to do, but you're still more than the thing that you do or were made to do. And in Bruno's case, the family doesn't understand that until the very end. <clears throat> and so I think what you see in that moment is, I don't know if Disney's doing this on purpose or not, but I think it's an indictment on like, do we have people in our life that we do that to? <clears throat> Are there people that we work with or do life with or see even at Walmart? that we don't care to figure out how they're wired. Just because you look different, sound different, talk different, act different, man, you ain't for me. And life is too beautiful and people are too incredible and fascinating to try to eliminate somebody way before you've ever got to know their story. I think that I have found in my life, and thank God people have taken time to get to know me because on face value, I am a whole trip, right? Like, this, I am a lot as a human being, and I'm thankful that I've had a few people in my life who cared enough to get past the frustrating exterior to get to know my heart and to care enough to find out about my heart. Um, <clears throat> I think there's gold all around you. Like, I, I, I think there are some of the most beautiful relationships you're ever going to have in your life right now. They just might look different. They might sound different. They might come from a different background, but if you'll take a chance to start asking why or how, you might find out that there are some really special people and some really special things that you have in your life that you can glean from, learn from, and really enjoy, uh, like sushi. <laughs> As a kid, sushi sounds insane to me. Why in the world you would eat food that is raw just really sounds like you haven't taking time to understand how the human body works like oh you just wanted to die today great idea <laughs> until you try it <laughs> and it's like oh wow these are flavors i've never tasted before like this is this is incredible like what an amazing like now it is my literal favorite thing to eat um but i would have never found that out had i not tried it and i think life is so beautiful and there are so many incredible adventures but i believe that the adventures you've been given and called to take require people and if you're going to be able to fully realize all that's inside you it's going to take being okay with the unknown and the uncomfortable and taking the time to figure out what's in that and specifically with people you just can't cut people out without ever getting to know them no human is that simple yeah, uh, something really important you said was <clears throat> that someone can't just be their gift because people are more complex than their gift. Like, your gift can't just um, fully identify who you are. And so, like, you as a communicator, like, me saying you're a communicator doesn't, like, it tells me a few things about you, but you can't just make all the assumptions because... There are a lot of communicators that are a lot different than you, like in many other areas of, of their lives. And another thing you said was um, ha like specifically doing things with people like and that was one part that I loved about the movie was it was actually at the beginning. You could see the reason why the town worked was because they were all using their gifts like together. And so you would see like, uh, you know, the strong girl would be like 
picking things up and then you know the shapeshifter dude would shapeshift and like fix something underneath you know things she was lifting up or whatever it was and uh i thought that was a really cool thing i think teamwork's really important and we had kind of had a conversation about um about that and about dreams before and about how like having a vision for the future seems really daunting and it seems like a really scary thing to do uh until you realize that you have other people to do it with and and if you don't have other people to do it with it's gonna be like almost i'm gonna i'm actually i'm just gonna say it's gonna be impossible to do or at least to sustain right and so uh that's where i think the value of having the ability to see other people's gifts is is really um it's really valuable because it can help you with your vision too like just because i i think a lot of times we and it's something that mirabelle didn't do but i think her family the whole time was assuming that she was doing it is we're very jealous of other people's gifts so like you know it's not even like maybe you're not the person that seems like they have a lot of gifts and it feels like you seem you know you might be a little bit jealous of other people's gifts about all their talents and stuff but really other people having gifts is a blessing to you also so like for instance uh my fiance, she's starting photography, right? I really wish I was a good photographer. I've messed around with her camera. I can't get as good of a result as she does. And like, it's really frustrating because I have ideas and I can't get them out the way that she does. Um, but it's still a blessing because I have a really cool photographer in my life, like a really good one. And she's, uh, she's growing in that area. And it's just cool that you surround yourself with people that have gifts in areas where you have deficits then just everyone kind of make each other up and we can all kind of accomplish something that we definitely wouldn't be able to do on our own yeah because it's like <coughs> no maribel can't pick an entire church up with her hands or <coughs> make flowers grow anywhere or shapeshift but maribel clearly has a gift maribel has vision Maribel can see the things no one else can because everyone else is caught up in the lane they're running and in their gift and in their role. Nobody's looking up except for Maribel. Maribel sees in this movie that there's something going wrong way before everybody else does. So it's her ability to see that is a gift. They would have never seen it on their own. They would have just kept going down a sinking ship. It's also Maribel who understands that Bruno matters. His gift mattered too. And no, y'all don't understand it, but that doesn't mean he's not necessary because he's a huge part of this story. And so even in Mary Bell's like context, she still has a gift. She still has something. And it's true for you. You have a gift. Just because your gift doesn't look like somebody else's doesn't make it not a gift. Just because the things you're good at don't seem like they get celebrated, still a gift. Because in Mary Bell's case, when she becomes confident in who she is and she decides she's going to fight for something, everyone around her is better. The family is better at the end of the movie because of Maribel. <clears throat> and the same thing is true for you. When you find a lane, a thing, something that brings you genuine joy, something that you are passionate about, something that makes you come alive, when you stay in that thing, <clears throat> it doesn't matter if it's seen or not the world will be better for it. And it's been my experience that when we figure out what we love to do, 
and we do what we love to do and we take time to get better at what we love to do and we look for opportunities to add value and use the things that we love to do, man, it gets celebrated. And my challenge is life isn't about trying to figure out how to get in someone else's lane and run their race. It's about figuring out how to run yours. It's about figuring out how you were created to run, at what pace you're supposed to move, and running it with your whole heart. And in the movie's context, when Mary Bell figured out who she was, the gift was natural. <laughs> kind of added value to everybody. You have a gift. The challenge isn't to try to make it look like someone else's. It's to try to figure out how yours works. And when you find out how it works, stay in your lane. Do what you do and look to figure out how what you do can add value to the people around you. And if you'll take what you're good at, what you're gifted at, and you'll look for ways to share it, then the people's gifts around you will come back to you. And what you will find is things that you thought were separate were actually made to work together. And in the family Marigal, that's exactly what happens. At the end of the movie, all the pieces finally fit. It all makes sense. It works and it's healthy and it's thriving and their community will be better for it. Yeah, I I, uh, I think something that was like stuck out to me and we, we were kind of talking about it earlier was that Bruno, who was like such a key part to the to the story, like because they needed his vision to know what was going on. Um, you find out he's like just a wall away. He's like on the other side of the wall. He's still in the house, but he's like he's not that far away. <clears throat> I think something you can take from that is like the people that have the gift sets that you need to to start the thing you want to do. The people that um, that you need in your life to accomplish the things you want to accomplish, like they're not that far away. You probably already have the people around you. You maybe you just can't see the gifts that they have. And that's like a that's a that's a learned thing. Some people are like, you know, some people can just see the gifts in people and that's a really cool thing. That's something that I've had to learn how to do because um it's hard to see the gift in like the person that you've grown up with, right? Because like you've been around them the whole time. You're like, oh, I mean, yeah, they're just a, a normal person. And then whenever you put them in a spot where they can develop or you see them in a spot where they're developing and they're, then you really start to see like this person is special in this avenue, this avenue and this avenue and they are like crushing it. And I think to, to me, that was one of the things that, that stood out was like he wasn't that far away. Yeah, I think that all you have is all you need. <clears throat> and one of my favorite <laughs> examples of this is actually found in Live Church. So if you don't know what Live Church is, you probably know what they do. And it's the Uversion Bible app. If someone has a Bible on their phone, it is almost guaranteed that it is going to be the Uversion Bible app. The thing has been downloaded hundreds of millions of times. Like it's absurd. And what's interesting is the guy that created that app was playing keys at a Live Church campus. So like, here they are trying to, you know, push the vision forward, right? Like they have a they have a, a vision, a thing. They're trying to help people to become fully devoted followers of Christ, right? Like they know what they're doing. They're trying to love people well, da da da. <clears throat> and the very thing that was about to change everything for them <clears throat> was just in the wrong spot. <clears throat> like so, what they needed was actually there. They just had to see it. <clears throat> I had the guy that would create the most revolutionary app 
for the Bible ever. Like I actually think there's a good argument to be had that the Version Bible app, once everything is said and done, might be maybe the most influential thing for Christianity since the printing press. <laughs> like it's huge. And the dude was playing keys. <clears throat> and not even good. <laughs> you ask him, he tells you it was not that good. It was just a spot. <laughs> and when they figured out who he was and what he could do and they had the eyes to see the people that they had, they took the time to get to know the person. Oh, they found out. Oh, he's wired different. Cut <laughs> out today, Life Church gets to be the church that created the app that changed the world. <laughs> right? <clears throat> and I think that's not just true for them. That's true for you and me. <clears throat> the dreams, the hopes, the goals, the visions, the missions, the things we want to do in this world, all the people necessary for it are here. We just have to take the time to look for them. We have to take the time to see them, and it's probably going to look different. The idea of a Bible app is never been done before. So the whole idea of it is unique. Like <clears throat> the Bible app started with basically trying to put it on your desktop, <clears throat> like read the Bible on your computer. Now you can imagine how not fun that is. You're just going to sit down at home and get on your desktop and click it. And it wasn't a laptop back then, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like computers look different. So it's like, what a terrible idea that is. But if they didn't take the time to figure out what he was gifted to do if he didn't have a chance to run in the lane he was called to run in the app never even happens like i can imagine when someone said let's put the bible on a computer i don't i bet there were detractors or other people that seemed like that's a waste of time who's gonna do that and then they shot it and it didn't work and it's like all right well how about we try this iphone thing that's coming out and put it on this put it as an app <laughs> your computer idea worked real well bro <clears throat> no but they let him run because he was gifted for it. They saw something in him, and here we are, and it played out. And I think Bobby Grunewald, who is the creator of the Bible app, is not an exception. I think he's the norm. I think it is absolutely true that every person you will ever need for anything that God has called you to do is currently right now within reach. You just have to take the time to find them, have the conversations to look, be willing to embrace different and new and watch it be the very thing you need to put wind to the sails of everything God's called you to achieve. Yeah, man, that's really good. I didn't know about the keys player doing the life church or at life church developing the app that that's pretty insane. Um, all right. I think I, I want to end this thing with a question um, for you because I think we've been talking a lot about gifts and we've been talking a lot about um, if I'm the one that has the gifts or, you know, searching for other people that have similar gifts or gifts that can help my deficits. But what if I'm listening and I don't feel like I have a gift? Like, I don't feel like I found a gift. And I know we've been talking about, like, you aren't your gift, but we have also been talking a lot about the utility of gifts. So uh, how would you, how would you say to, what would you say to that person? Like, how do you find your gift? Like, how do you find the thing that, that does bring wind to your sails? <laughs> I would say, <coughs> I would start with two questions. And they would be, what is something that if you could never do again, <laughs> would break your heart most? <laughs> What's something that if you could never experience, never be a part of again, you could never see happen, the thing that would make you most heartbroken, what is it? <laughs> and then on the other side, I would ask, what's the thing that makes you most mad? What is this thing in this world that, creates like this sense of 
injustice. Like, like what is something in you that every single time you see it, it just, it sets you off. And then I would play with those things because I found in my life that generally they play well. For example, when I came to church, it wasn't, it, it wasn't like sexy to me. Like to me, church had been represented by a bunch of kids. I saw at the exact same parties doing the exact same things I did. Just, I got Wednesday and Sunday off. But when I came to church, it was so full of baggage for me. Like having a mom who has wrestled with addiction most of my life and the way that church people treated her. I honestly, just nothing about the church seemed like something I want to be a part of. So then I get in the church and it's like, hmm, because it's unique. And then I found some people who cared enough to get to know me. And regardless of how deeply, deeply broken I was and incredibly frustrating to try to lead and to try to be around. I mean, like at one point I had a youth pastor calling his former youth pastor, asking if he could kick me out of the youth ministry because I was so difficult, but they didn't quit. And he kept digging and he he kept loving me even when it was really, really hard. And through the journey of having someone who could ask some questions, I found out that the thing I hated most in the world. The thing that made me more frustrated than anything I can, I, I can I, to this day, like it, it, it does something in me because the idea that people never get a chance to be known, the idea that I would count you out before I ever knew you, like the idea that people can't just belong, that all they are is transactional. People are things to be had or to be used or to be moved around, not people to be known. Like the injustice that that creates for that person and then the pain that it creates and the trauma and the the scars that it produces are so deep and they're so long lasting that anytime I see it, it's like almost my... I feel like it's my job to just go burn that place to the ground almost, right? Like it's unacceptable to me. Kind <laughs> on the flip side, I found out that there is nothing in this world that gives me life quite like seeing somebody be everything they're supposed to be. Like getting to watch people realize who they are, like really be in their lane. Like when, when people find out what makes them tick, like there's a joy that like happens in my soul that I I, I just can't even, like, I, I feel like words don't articulate well, like watching someone be great and getting to be a part of the journey to help them see it is incredible to me. And what I found out was they went together <clears throat> that like, I'm frustrated because I, there's greatness in those people <clears throat> and They just haven't had somebody yet love them well enough to get to know them long enough to find out what it is that makes them tick. And so the two of them play together. And so guess where I'm at? I'm in the church and I will spend the rest of my life doing everything I can trying to help people understand they are more than their pain. They are more than their trauma and they are so much more than their gift, but they also have a gift that there is purpose that exists deep in their soul 
that if they would get around some people that would breathe life into them and help them see it, they'll discover it for themselves too. And that it will produce life, not just for them, but the people around them. And so my challenge to you is maybe for you, it's not the church. Maybe for you, it's a different context. Maybe for you, it's creating a nonprofit. Maybe for you, it's creating a business. You want to create a space that people can come and find goods at a reasonable price. Like maybe for you, you see the need to fight for people in a different avenue. So you become a lawyer. Maybe for you, you love teaching. And so becoming a great teacher is not, there is like an innumerable amount of ways that you can figure out and be you. You aren't confound to a specific formula, but I believe with all of my heart, if you will ask yourself, what is the thing that breaks my heart most if I could never do again? And what is the thing that creates the deepest sense of frustration and anger? I believe what you will see is that they connect. And when you find out how those two merge, the gift that I believe God's given you will start to make sense. Yeah, man, uh, that was some really good stuff right there. I think uh, that's something I'm going to be chewing on for the next couple of weeks. So uh, I think that's really good advice, too. So if you're out there and you don't know what your gift is and you're looking for it, uh, just I think Taylor's advice was good. Look for the thing that would break your heart the most if you couldn't do it again. And look for the thing that frustrates you the most to see and find the spot where those two things meet. And I think uh, where those two things meet is going to be the thing that's going to give you wind to your sails whenever you do it. So, man, I appreciate you talking to me today. And I think it was a really good conversation. And I've been having a ton of fun doing these. So I appreciate you doing this with me. Yeah, no, this is uh, this is, like I said at the beginning, becoming one of my favorite things of the week. Uh, man, we want to say we love you all who are listening. Give us all the feedback, write the reviews. Um, we now have an email. It is no walls at the brick dot church. So if you have questions or topics that you want to hear about, we might do like a mailbag episode, uh, at some point where we just kind of do like a Q and a answer all the questions that are sent in. Um, but it is no walls at the brick dot church. Send them all in. Let us know. Listen, Hey, if we're terrible, we want to know so we can get better. And if we're great, at least me, I love words of affirmation. So, you know, fill my cup if you're there. Uh, but really, we love you. We're thankful you're here. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. This is the No Walls Podcast.